What's up, everyone? This is the Up Tempo Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Cameron. Alongside me this week, we have my friend, Namath Pitts. Namath, how are you doing today? Man, I'm great. How about you, Craig? Pretty good. Uh, Namath, you want to get some background information about yourself? Yeah, so I graduated from Walter Webber High School in Anniston, Alabama back in 2019. I'm currently a sophomore at Jacksonville State University, and I'm a youth pastor at a church in Welburn, and my, I also work at a 97.9 WVOK Radio out of Oxford, Alabama. Yeah, well, that sounds pretty be nice for you uh, starting a new church. Yeah, man, last night I transitioned to a, a church back in my community in Welburn and just had a really great night. God did some incredible things and just had a really grating, great starting group that we can build off of moving forward. I'm just really excited to see what God's going to do. That's awesome, man. Glad to hear that. And uh, you also, you do work at the uh, radio station in Oxford. Uh, what do you do with that? Yeah, so I've been at WVOK for I'm going on year four now. I was actually at a radio station in Anniston, so I got my first gig when I was 16 years old. I actually quit football, and our head coach had got me in um, with the local radio station, so I broadcasted Welburn's game against North Jackson up at JSU, and the owner of the station called that night and said, put this guy on payroll tomorrow morning. <laughs> and so uh, I had just a blessing there, and then after they had some new management and kind of Took a different route. VOK picked me up, and so I do Welburn's play-by-play every Friday night, and I do a lot of board op stuff, recording commercials, sales, those type of things. But uh, I don't work, you know, as much as people there. I just work, yeah. you know, here and there. So you do you do a lot for high school football. Then I know you also do yeah. Jacksonville State football and like sports like that. Yeah, I do a lot of just you know station identification gotcha. that type yeah, of yeah. stuff for that. But in terms of you know high school football, that's definitely my strength. Yeah, gotcha, man. Uh, well, I'm very excited to have you on the show because I know you are a huge college basketball fan, so we'll get right into it. It is March, the best yes, time, the best time of the year as a basketball fan. Uh, so, I mean, what what do you like? What are you most excited for this month? Like, I mean, just I know you're a big Alabama fan. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, big Alabama basketball fan. Uh, you're also a Houston Rockets fan. We'll get into that later. Uh, sorry about that, but. Big Alabama basketball fan. Big year for Alabama. Uh, they just came off a SEC tournament, or actually an SEC regular season championship. They have a chance to win the SEC tournament next week. How can they do that? Well, I believe it starts with defense, and that's where Nate Oates and this team has really played their best basketball because they've shown that they can win in the 70s or they can win in the 50s. Yeah. And so I think it's and it's getting healthy, and that's what Alabama's doing. They're getting healthy right now, and I believe if you do the defense, I think the biggest key for Alabama, believe it or not, is going to be Josh Primo. I really think Josh Primo has been playing really bad. If they can just get 10 to 12 points from him a game, I really don't, I mean, and along with what John Petty's able to do, Herbert Jones, Jaden Shackelford, Javon Quinterly, you know, Jordan Brunner, I can go on and on with the guys that Alabama has, Juwan Gary, but I think the biggest thing is, is Josh Primo's been very, very quiet, and they need more from him, but I feel like if they play the defense that I know Nate Oates has this team capable of playing, I really feel like the offense is about to come. And the good thing is, you know, you talked about how one time maybe they hit their peak too early in January, yeah. um, which is very, 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 you know, high scenario there but the good thing is they haven't played that great in the past you know month and so what a better time to finally get back to playing at your peak right now yeah for sure and you know they had some bumps in the road like you know they lost Oklahoma Missouri and Arkansas over the last month but at the same time they have bounced back every time Uh, they have not lost back-to-back games uh, I believe this season so you know, when they do fall down, they get back up immediately. Uh, they've come. They since losing to Arkansas, they did win against Mississippi State and at, uh, and against Auburn at home. Uh, the sweep Auburn in the series this year, 
and you know cap off their great historic season in SEC for the first time since 2002, winning the regular season championship, and they cap off uh, the season against Georgia this upcoming weekend. So, uh, big season for them, and it'll be interesting to see how they you know take that into March, like you were talking about. Yeah, and then, look, there's going to be some exciting basketball. I really think people uh, underestimate the SEC, but the SEC basketball, you know, it's not as strong as the Big Ten or the, yeah. you know, the Big Twelve. But it's it reminds me a lot of like college football. They beat up on everybody because everybody's pretty even, you know. Really, I mean, even Alabama can get beat by Vanderbilt if they're not playing, you know, their best game. I mean, it's it's you know not top to bottom strong. But I feel like there's a lot of teams that are going to surprise a lot of people March Madness rolls around. Yeah, man. I think the biggest thing has to be the Big Ten right now because the Big Ten, there are so many teams in the Big Ten right now that can make a jump. Uh, you got Iowa, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State at the top, and then you got teams uh, at the bottom too, uh, Purdue, Wisconsin also up there. It's going to be very you know, interesting to see how that all folds out because the Big Ten – uh, the next uh, week or so with uh, the tournament coming up, you know, I was talking to you about how Alabama can, if they win out, they can make a push for that number one seed. But it also depends on how the Big Ten folds out because you just had Illinois beat Michigan this past week. And if, you know, Illinois were to beat, uh, Ohio State were to beat Illinois, then it gets really interesting uh, how the season folds out and how the seeding uh, turns out in the t- tournament. And you have upsets in the tournament, it's going to get even crazier. So, but that's, that's what March Madness is all about. And look, I'm going to tell you right now, I watched Illinois play Northwestern, and Northwestern's not that good of a team, but they were not missing shots. And to to go into Michigan and do what they were able to do, I think Illinois is a very, very dangerous team. But now I've also seen them. And look, I've seen this in the Big Ten. People disrespect the SEC and whatever they want to disrespect them about. And I've even seen it in Baylor is that uh, they blow out these opponents, but then now, look, if things start getting tight, they fold. Yeah. And so it's, you know, and, you know, let's be honest, in the SEC, Alabama hasn't folded when things have gotten tough late, you know. I mean, yeah, they lost to Oklahoma on the road, you know. Um, they were, here's lost the, here, here's to, the, the thing, though. Missouri, yeah. they were down 20 and came back. They're, Arkansas, they're, they're down against you know, Oklahoma, too, uh, and came back. Arkansas, they gave up 43 free throws. Still kept yeah. competing to the very end, and so... And then, you know, teams like Arkansas, who's on fire. So, you know, this isn't just anything. I'm just saying these teams, I feel like where everybody's thinking they're unstoppable, like Michigan and Baylor, it's March Madness. You don't know what's going to happen. Nobody thought yeah. Michigan State was going to lose to UMBC, you know. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a person that makes a bracket, good luck this year. That's all i got to say. That was Virginia, by the way. <laughs> oh, my fault. Yeah, Virginia. Well, Michigan I'm, State, I'm saying, yeah, well, Mich- yes, they Virginia lost to uh, UMBC, but Michigan State got upset by somebody Middle, Middle of Tennessee State, year, yeah. So. Middle of Tennessee State, and... Uh, like you were saying, though, Alabama, they're a dangerous team because, like you said, they don't give up at all. They were down by double digits to Oklahoma and Missouri. Yes, they lost those games, but they came back and made a one-possession game at the end after trailing by double digits with under 10 to play. So that's what you got to look for out, out for in March Madness when you have these big leads and you get comfortable in those games uh, against inferior opponents. You know, when you're the better team, you're always going to be fighting towards the end. Uh, and we saw, I, I was watching some today on uh, Instagram about, you know, when Texas A&M was down by 12 points to uh, Northern Iowa a couple years ago, back, a couple years back with Alex Caruso. That bunch did not give up. Your boy Daniel House, he did not give up. <laughs> 
That is not my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Namely cannot stand Daniel House. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, March Madness, it is crazy. Uh, Y'all know that. We all know that. Anyone who watches a sport knows how crazy March Madness is. And it all comes down to the teams who never give up. And that's a team that looks like Alabama right now with, you know, they're winning. And when they lose, they're fighting until the end. What's unique to me is that Nate Oates in his second season at Alabama, Eric Musselman in his second season at Arkansas, and they're going to be the one-two seeds in the SEC tournament. Yeah. In their second seasons. That's crazy. You know, Bama took a chance by bringing Oates down from Buffalo. You know, and Arkansas did the same in bringing Musselman over from Nevada, but it's paid off big for both teams so far. Yeah, I think the reason that Nate Oates has worked so well with Alabama is because he's get, he has Avery Johnson's recruits, and he's just a, he's a great coach. Like, he's a great, you know, leader, uh, developer, and that's what he was at Buffalo. Like, he wasn't getting the, you know, obviously it's a Buffalo. It's not, you're not getting the four or five-star recruits, but you're developing players. And they were competing them, and they were a pretty good team. Like, you know, they – I remember Jackson State playing a couple years ago, and we, we got blown out by them. It was it was bad. <laughs> and what's more impressive with Nate Oates is what you just said, to do it with Avery's recruits. These aren't guys he recruited. These aren't guys that play in his system. Yeah. But, he, you know, yes, John Petty lobbed up a ton of threes, but Alex Reese isn't a three guy. You know, Jaden Shackleford, you know, and he's showing in the paint. Javon Quinter, these guys don't shoot threes. But they're making, you know, just about 50% at least most nights. And, Alabama has not played the best from three-point line here lately. I mean, yeah. they're only making about eight, nine, ten a game. Where they're typically making fourteen. So, and they're still winning games. And again, that's just that speaks on the character of Nate Oates on having this team play the defense they play. Top three in the nation in defensive efficiency. It's insane. It's insane with that group. Uh, it's been a long ride with this this group right here with Alabama. I mean, it's been a long four years. Uh, I went to high school with Alex, which is pretty cool. Like you know. <laughs> Seeing him come from Pelham, Alabama, and, you know, being part of that this senior class this year, like, you know, him, John Petty, I mean, this group, they've been through a lot with the whole Avery Johnson thing, and they've been with Colin Sexton, like, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, it's really just cool to see this team grow up and just grow together, honestly, and become a great unit together with their chemistry. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, you, you've been watching it more than I have too. Uh, you, I, you're one of the biggest Alabama basketball fans I know. Uh, well, and you, it's been tough, man. Yeah. Like it's it's you know it's been tough to watch every year, especially last year because everybody talked about you know oh we got these guys back you know yeah. and supposed to be you know had Kyra Lewis and we were supposed to be top four and then you know and then to go eight and ten and you know we're looking up playing Tennessee in the SEC tournament and you're like what happened you know and so it, it's been a fun year for sure. And a lot of people, I see people, I think it's just salty, blue blood, blue blood fans on, you know, social media. That, oh, well, Bama's going to be back to Bama next year. This is just an unprecedented time and all that stuff. It will be interesting to see well, how basketball's they, basketball. Yeah. I understand we're playing an unprecedented, you know, time, but at the end of the day. Well, not you, that. It's just the fact that, you know, you're you're going to lose seniors. Yeah, uh, John Pay will be gone. Alex Reese, uh, along with others. And, you know, you're, you're going to lose. I mean, John Pay is a big piece to the system. But and, I, and that's what I love about Nate Oates, though, is the recruiting he yeah. has done is better oh, yeah. than any recruiting Avery Johnson ever did. Because, for instance, Alabama has the number one point guard in the nation who's actually from the state of Alabama, and the guy is ridiculous. Like, he's the best basketball player 
I've ever watched. And some people say John Petty's the best they've ever watched. No, this guy literally has won, and this isn't to knock any of his teammates or any disrespect yeah. to them, but he's carried this team. He carried them to a state championship last year, and then he carried them to the Final Four this year where they actually lost yesterday to midfield. But he went absolutely crazy. And, and he, he's the most electrifying player I've ever laid eyes on. J.D. Davidson. Man. <laughs> Look him up. I guarantee you he'll find him. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it'd be interesting to see this because, like, I mean, Nate Oates, he's a great uh, coach, and they just signed him through an extension, I believe, to, what, 2027? Yes, correct. Yeah, so I, I believe he's there for the long run. It's just, you know, how recruiting will go. And I was talking about this uh, a couple weeks back. I think we're hitting the stage in college basketball. Like, you know, we had a great, you know, past decade of the whole one-and-done era. I think that's over. I really do think that's over uh, because, you know, you're having the G League open up now to where you can have, you know, freshmen come in or college freshmen technically come in and skip college and go to the G League, develop. We saw it this year with, you know, Kaminga, Green. We, you know, we saw, we saw it with a bunch of players this year you know, opt out of college basketball and go to the G League. Maybe it was because of COVID, but at the same time, you're getting paid to play basketball when you could, you know, obviously you get a scholarship and you get free housing and all that stuff, but, like, you get the college experience. But some players do want to get paid right away, and we've seen that this year with the G League. Do you think players might opt more into that? Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the MLB. I mean, they draft yeah. guys straight out of high school, and they go into the minor league system, and then they have to work their way up into the, the we, league. We, we might and eventually so, see that again with yeah, the. Yeah, and some of these guys may never, you know, make it to the NBA. You know, they may be top recruits to go to the G League and yeah. not produce like they're supposed to. So, but it's a lot similar to the MLB and where they draft guys. But uh, what I would like to see is if is the very similar thing in a draft. NBA can draft these guys to do that, and then these guys can opt on if they want to go to college or not. Yeah. I would like to see that. I don't I don't agree with the straight from high school to NBA. Yeah. I, I don't like that. I don't think, you know, Kyra Lewis was 17 years old, 18, you know, 19. Youngest guy in the NBA, you know, 19 years old right now. It's New Orleans Pelicans. New Orleans Pelicans. He wasn't ready two years ago to play for the Pelicans. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're, you're going to have players like, obviously, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, and which some guys have been good, LeBron, LeBron James, you know, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I don't, I just don't. It's like just, it. it's a very long shot, and I do Big like. Long shot. I think in college it should be like football. If you're gonna make them go to college, you know, I mean, th you know, give us three years, three years. I think if I, not, then again, let them do. The, I think, let I think them three years do a little the, too much. Did the draft, did yeah. the G League thing. I think, I think honestly, I don't know. I just said we need to start seeing two years at least. I mean, yeah, like, I want to see J.D. Davidson for two years, you know? Like, <laughs> no, I, I'm, just say, I'm just saying because, like, you know, I feel bad because there's a lot of players who go to college, you know, think they're a hot shot the first year. They'll get, you know, their draft status or, like, their draft stock, whatever, you know, prediction. And they'll go to the, the NBA. They'll paint out for maybe, like, one or two years, and they'll just fall off and not have a good career. And they'll just, you know – what are you going to do then? You have to go back to college, get a degree, get an actual job now because, you know, you didn't, I guess, develop your game more or just it didn't work out. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel bad for these players, though, because, you know, at the same time, we do see it to where, yes, players who are high-level players can get paid right away. They're not because they're going to college. At the same time, people who are not as, you know, skillful as them take that long shot with them after one year and take that jump and don't make the landing. So I just think going forward, it, it's like 
I think we're hitting that stage of basketball where it's getting to a point where uh, coaches are starting to like recruit players for the long run rather than the short haul because I don't think we're hitting that stage of basketball where we're you know Anthony Davis or Ben Simmons, um, who else? You know Jaleel Okafor, like like those freshman teams um, with Duke and Kentucky who won a national championship with basically your top three players being freshmen. Uh, it's that stage of basketball is over in my opinion because you know the last couple of years we've seen it Villanova, Virginia, senior-led teams who are winning consistently. This year you got Baylor, Michigan, um, you know. Illinois, Ohio State, all these teams with, you know, veteran players, you're not seeing a lot of freshmen dominate anymore. Like, you know, Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma State, that's about it as a, a true freshman. Man, he's, and do- he he's is, dominating. He is, he is dominating. He's but, carrying Oklahoma State right now. Yeah, he is. But at the same time, Oklahoma State's not a contender. They could make a run, yes. But at the same time, you know, he's – the freshman era, I think, is over in college basketball because with the G League and just – I don't know if it's just players aren't as good anymore with, you know, like teaming up. Because, um, you know, Kate Cunningham could have gone to another school with a lot of other freshmen. Just go to Oklahoma State, um, be the guy, which he's been tremendous. His draft stock is he is going to be a top three draft pick most likely. I don't see why he wouldn't. At the same time, you know, it's teams like, you know, Gonzaga, Villanova, Baylor, those are the senior veteran-led teams, and those are the teams who are competing for championships this year. And Alabama. Alabama is, I mean, how many freshmen does Alabama have this year playing? Mm. I don't know, one. Exactly. Yeah. I think one. Josh, yeah. Josh Primo is the only freshman I can think of. I, and there's some JUCO transfers, but, like, straight-up freshmen? Yeah. There's only one. I mean, I may be wrong, but. I can only think of one right now on top of my head that actually plays. It's, I, it's my opinion. <laughs> I mean, Jaden Shockford's a sophomore. Quinterly's a transfer. Bruner's yeah. a graduate senior. Petty, Herb, and Reese are seniors. Gary's uh he might be a friend. I think he's Juco, too. I I don't know. Well, because Gary was here last year, but got this season-ending injury. So Yeah. Yeah, dude, I can't even think. I don't even remember who all we brought in in our freshman class now that I think about it outside of Primo. Yeah. Oh, Keon Hambros Hilton, but he doesn't play a whole lot. But he's a freshman. I think that's it, man. I really it's, do. It's pretty rare for freshman teams to win anymore, too. Because I mean, like the last time we saw like was a freshman dominated team was Duke two years ago, and they lost in the lead eight to Michigan State. Cassius Winston, a veteran led team. So I just I think it's the right time and stage. Like where I feel like you know a team like Alabama with Nate Oates and uh, another, I mean, another blue blood that's good is you know North Carolina. North Carolina is very good with Roy Williams. You know he'll get like about one or two freshmen, like you know really good recruits, and he'll like the rest of his team will be like you know veterans and players he develops over the years. So I think that's how that's the best way to win in college basketball right now in the next decade to go. Absolutely. So, uh, but I want to get into uh, the SEC tournament talk. You know it is next week. March Madness is coming up with the tournament and everything. Who is who? Who is your team? I know you want Alabama to win. We all do. Alabama fans in this state. Who is a team that you see competing in SEC tournament? Like who's who's your dark horse in the tournament next week for the SEC? Dark horse. Okay, so 
Honestly, man, I like – this is tough because there's some good teams, but I like – and y'all going to think I sound absolutely stupid right now, but if I'm going top of the bracket where, you know, if the seeds are today, like to mess, mess it up, I like uh, Mississippi State to kind of turn some heads and, you know, I'm talking like dark, dark horses. I'm not talking that's like, a, that's like – I'm a, not talking like Bama, LSU, Florida, you know – Arkansas top four seeds. It's like a I'm, dark alley. Yeah, of dark no, that's horse. what I'm talking about. I was gonna say like, and then that's like my dark, dark horse to mess around. Dark, dark, dark. And then horse. on, and then on the bottom is Georgia, and I'm talking about teams that you know yeah. could throw off one of these top four seeds. Is would be one of them. But now, just dark horse in general, we're like, hey, yeah, I've got Alabama favored to win it simply because they've shown all year they can beat anybody. They did lose to Arkansas, but they beat Arkansas by thirty as well. And then they lost to Missouri, but I would not see Missouri beating them in a rematch. Um, but I think it's going to be Alabama, and I personally think Florida's going to find a way to get past Arkansas and get there. I may okay. be completely wrong, though. Okay. And I know Kentucky has to win it all. Do you see them having any chance? Like, where, where do you see them, like, losing the tournament? I really don't. I think, you know, if they hold if they hold out the 8-9 seed like they got right now, yeah. look, I, I, I don't think Mississippi State's a gimme win for them, to be honest with you. And if they do get there – Again, I, I would have them following Alabama. Alabama's already beat them twice this year. And if they somehow manage to get past both of those rounds and, you know, face, you know, LSU or Ole Miss, you know, hey, now the scenario's a little bit different. I'm feeling a little bit, you know, maybe, hey, they can do it. But ultimately winning four straight games, I don't think it's possible. I think they I think they fall out. I think they fall out round one, round two. Round two at the latest. Gotcha. And Missouri, a team who was – Right up there with Alabama most of the SEC season. They fell off the last couple of weeks. Could you see them bouncing back in this tournament and getting a high seed going into March Madness? Well, they definitely have the the um, favorable side of the bracket, in my opinion. And, you know, because right now you're looking at the t- – look here, and people think I'm silly. I, th- I still think Rick Barnes – you know, Coach Barnes has this Tennessee team playing good basketball. Yeah. Like, you're going to have Tennessee on the top side of the bracket, Kentucky – Mississippi State isn't a horrible team. A&M and Vandy winner, which I know you're like, eh, so it's probably going to be Vandy because A&M hasn't hardly played, so we don't even know if they'll get to play. Jerry Stackhouse team has lost a ton of one-possession games. I know they're last in the league, but they've lost like a ton of one-possession games. And then you got Alabama, LSU, you know, they're going to be waiting on the winner of that. Missouri's side is, you know, really Florida and Arkansas. That's it. You know, South Carolina's, you know, Georgia, are not those powerful, powerful squads. So... Yeah, I think it's possible. I just think they, you know, Pinson hasn't really been that healthy. And I just feel like Missouri isn't going to be able to really finish a game in one of those big games. Not a, not not two big games to get to the SEC Championship. And if they do, then hey, hats off to them, you know? Yeah. But again, I, I personally think Florida is going to come out. I know everybody wants to see Arkansas-Bama, you know, 3.0, which I would be perfectly fine with. And Arkansas is playing the best basketball. They look like the best team, but... Florida, I think, is just a team that we haven't really figured out what they're really capable of yeah. because of COVID and things, and I think they're capable of a whole lot. I don't think they can beat Alabama. You know, Bama beat them by 15 earlier in the year and did it kind of convincingly. So I don't think they have enough to win the tournament, but I think they have enough to get there. Gotcha. And who do you have win the whole thing? And this isn't me being biased, but Alabama. I really think, again, NATO has shown that they can win in the 50s, they can win in the 70s. Yeah. And uh, they've only lost two games in the SEC was to Arkansas, give up 43 free throws. They're not going to give up 43 free throws in the SEC tournament. And they lost to Missouri. You better hope not. <laughs> and they lost to Missouri, and they came back down 20 in the last five minutes of the game. That's absolutely unheard of. 
Look for John Petty to really get his shot going. I'm being serious, and I think Alabama. I think Alabama wins. I think the the, the weight's off their shoulders now, Craig. You know, they they did what they had. They won the SEC regular season cha- championship. Yeah. The weight's off there. Now it's just, hey, let's get ready for March Madness. Let's play our best basketball. And you guys still – look, I know it's it's probably not going to happen, but that one seed's still looming because you don't know what's going to happen in the Big Ten tournament. You don't know what's going to happen in the Big 12 tournament. Yeah. Upsets can happen out there too, you know. And so if Bama could come in and not only win, but win convincingly, where, hey, they won by eight or nine against Kentucky. Hey, they won by – or against Mississippi State. You know that. Hey, they won by ten against LSU. And then in the championship – they beat Arkansas or Florida or Missouri by eight or nine and do it convincingly. I think, you know, the committee's saying, oh, wait a minute, maybe this is the Alabama team we've seen in January. Yeah, they're, they're very capable of it, and we will see next week what happens with them. And speaking of, you know, the Big 12 and Big 10, it is crazy to think, you know, the SEC right now, they have two ranked teams the entire conference. You have 14 teams. You have two ranked teams out of those, Alabama and Arkansas. They won the SEC Big 12 Challenge. The Big 12 has 10 teams in their conference. Seven of them are ranked. You got three Baylor, 13 Kansas, six West Virginia, 17 Oklahoma State, 15 Texas, 16 Oklahoma, 18 Texas Tech. Like you were saying just now, anything can happen. Same with Big 10. Anything can happen at that conference. It's going to be so wild. I mean, March Madness is starting early this year. You know, we didn't get this last year with even the conference tournaments. Conference tournaments are like sometimes even better than the uh, actual March Madness with the way it pans out because you have so much on the line with seeding playing out, you know, teams trying to win games to get in the last second. It's gonna be so entertaining to see these uh, two conferences this year in the in the uh, in conference tournaments. And look, you're looking at right now. I think Baylor has the best odds in the Big Twelve, especially on their side of the bracket. You're looking at Oklahoma State or Texas in the semis. But look, imagine Kansas. They got to play Texas Tech. You know, in the the their first game of the tournament, like that's insane. West Virginia and Oklahoma, and then Oklahoma State and Texas, like, whew, that's a strong tournament. But you know, it doesn't matter. Line any of them up next to Gonzaga, and the season's over. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I love Gonzaga. I just have that feeling they haven't played nobody. Exactly. And I know we're saying, oh, well, it's Gonzaga, you know, but I have that they feeling. haven't played nobody. They really I have haven't. I mean. Look, we can play St. Mary's and, you know, no disrespect, St. Bonavides or whatever every game of the season, and, you know, Alabama would be pretty, pretty, you know, up there. But, you know, March Madness is March Madness for a reason. They're going to see things they haven't seen. And, you know, get these teams like Belmont, you know. They play good basketball, you know, and they come out here and shock people, you know, because they think, oh, well, well I'm, you know, Gonzaga, or I'm Villanova, or I'm LSU, or I'm Alabama, you know, and so this middle Tennessee state ain't no good, you know, and, this Middle Tennessee State team's twenty six and two and ran through their conference. You know, like it's basketball. Put five guys against five guys on the court, and who, who has the heart? Exactly. Who wants it more? Yeah. And that's why I love March Madness because, man, my bracket looks good through round one, and then it becomes a complete fire disaster Your after looks good through round one. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, two years ago, I hadn't lost a game through this round of sixty four, and I only lost. I look, I came down to the last game in the round of thirty two, and I lost it. And it was the it was Michigan State upset. See, two, whatever, two years ago, or whatever I had, they lost. Two years ago, I had the entire Final Four right the first day because I think I had who was it? I had Virginia and Texas Tech on the first side. The next day was when Michigan State beat Duke and Auburn beat Kentucky. I had Duke and Kentucky making it. 
I would have had a perfect Final Four for the first time ever if Michigan State and Auburn didn't win. I had one of the coolest English teachers in high school, so we were in class. Uh, I had him two years straight, and so on the day the March Madness committee set the brackets the following Monday or whatever in class next day, we'd be in class, and he'd say, all right, everybody, this is our class assignment. Join this, and it's the bracket challenge. We got a hundred points, and whoever won it got bonus points. And dude, that's awesome. I'm telling you, bro, I, that was probably the first year was the worst bracket. I, I mean, I had like Creighton, and they lost, and I had like uh, Temple beat somebody, that, and it was just da- Dayton and all them. It was complete first disaster. Year, first year I did a bracket was 2012. <laughs> I picked Kentucky to win it all. Yeah, that was the year they won it, and I, ha- I had North Carolina playing them. And that was the year that they had Harrison Barnes and uh, I think it was John Henson, that, that bunch. My friend in class actually had Kansas and Kentucky in the championship. Like, he got the championship game right, but he picked Kansas over Kentucky. So I wish I still had the bracket. I'm sure if I went on Facebook and scrolled down long enough in history, I could find the bracket that I had perfect. Because I remember we were, you know, me and my buddies were like, you know, we post the picture of the bracket before the tournament even started because people say, oh, you went in and filled them in, you know. And we were just freaking out, like, dude, I got all 64 right, bro, you know, or 32 games right, you know. And then I hadn't missed until literally, like, the late night game that of the round of 32, and it was like, dang, man, you know. I remember one year I got, like, the first 15 games right, and then after that it was just like I, I lost nine straight. <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, was, there it was bad. And I always make just stupid ones, you know. Like, yeah. You just – oh, I'm picking every low seed it's this like, year. It's like, man, like, you know, I really, I really feel like, you know – you know, Nevada can beat, you know, this team. I, I, I have a feeling. And then you're just like, why did I have that feeling? You have the people that strategize. And then, you you know, it's like me. I look at and I say, all right, Mar- Murray State and Marquette. Yeah. You know, Marquette's a good team. But now I know what John Morant's capable of. And I think See, John I had, Morant wins this type of game. And I had I Marquette because I, I, like you know, I like Marcus Howard, but. And then John Morant went in there. And, yeah. And so I was like, you know, I know what this guy's capable of, you know. And uh, I remember the year JSU lost to Louisville. I had them winning it all in my bracket. Just oh, my I was gosh. Like, I was like, hey, man, go Gamecocks, baby, you know. <laughs> but that was one of the stupid ones. Yeah, the closest happens. I've came, though, is I did get a Final Four and championship right the year North Carolina and Duke played. I think it was back in 2014, 2015. Maybe even 16, somewhere in that area. It was North Carolina and Duke, or it might have been North Carolina and Villanova. I gotcha. I well, can't remember, but... Before we jump into the NBA, though, I want to get your picks for the rest of the Power 5 conference tournaments. Uh, who do you have winning the ACC conference tournament? Yeah, actually, uh, believe it or not, have a sleeper team coming. I think Virginia Tech's going to come out on top. Really? Yeah, I really do. I think they're playing really good basketball. I think Florida State's kind of a hot team, but that, that yeah. conference is really close right now. And I, I just like Virginia Tech. And you said you had Baylor winning the Big 12? Yes, I do. I have Baylor. I don't think anybody's going to beat them in the tournament. See, I'm, I'm going to go Florida State, ACC. I'm going to keep it simple. Uh, oh. But Big 12. But anybody that knows me knows I'm a guy that always picks crazy teams because, you know. Big 12, I'm going to go West Virginia. I really like West Virginia. Uh, I think they have a great overall team. they got shooters. I like, I like McBride at guard. Uh, they're really long down low. Uh, I, I think they're just a solid overall team. They played really well against Baylor the other night at home. It's a game they could have won. They should Honestly, probably should have won if things went, you know, more of their way at the end. But Baylor powered through. Uh, but I do think West Virginia may, finds a way to win it in the conference tournament. Big Ten, that's where things get tricky. You have the four teams in the top seven in the Big Ten at the top. Uh, Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, 
Ohio State. You also got Purdue, Wisconsin. Maryland can also make some noise. Michigan State's been hot as of late. Indiana's always a sleeper. Who do you got? This is an interesting one. Look, don't sleep on Michigan State down there. 8-10 in the conference, but they've been playing really good basketball. But personally, and it's crazy to think that Ohio State's fifth in the conference and they're ranked number seven. Yeah. I mean, um, but again, Illinois. I really think it's Illinois to take. And Michigan's playing good and all that good stuff. But I just have never been that strong on Iowa. Purdue's just kind of Purdue. And then Ohio State is good, but I really like Illinois. I've watched them the most and been impressed the most by them in the Big Ten. Yeah, I'm going to go Illinois as well. Michigan usually is a hot team in the Big Ten tournament, but I feel like this year, since they're the favorite, I don't think they'll get it done. They've been a great team all year long. No no disrespect there, but as of late, you know, Illinois just hammered them the other night at home. So I'm going to go Illinois in this tournament. Uh, I think Ohio State will also be up there. I think Wisconsin could win a few games as well. Obviously, Michigan's been playing very well basketball uh, as of late, too. So, what's the seed? I mean, that's, that's going to be a very entertaining tournament right there. Absolutely. And round it up, Pac-12. I have not watched a lot of Pac-12 basketball this year. Uh, I know Oregon's been good. USC's been pretty entertaining. Uh, you know, they got uh, Evan Mobley, uh, lottery pick uh, come up in the draft this upcoming year, probably, uh, as he, if he chooses the opt-out. Do you have anyone besides top four? I mean, you got Oregon, USC, Colorado's been pretty good as of late, Stanford. Yeah, and, and look, no disrespect to the Pac-12 and basketball, but they remind me a lot like football. Um, <laughs> they're going to be no threat after the uh, conference tournament. Yeah, Oregon's played good, USC's played good, and UCLA's played good, but I actually personally like Colorado to come out of the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah. Uh, again, I've, Colorado's been that kind of – tricky team all season long them and then you look down at uh believe it's the mountain west boise state um but i like colorado to come out of the pac-12 i agree i'm gonna go with colorado as well colorado's been pretty hot as of late uh they did upset usc i believe the year week so I, I think they get things rolling in march and they could be a team to watch out for in the march madness like one of those low seared teams uh it just March Madness also just depends on your region and who's in your bracket. That's that's all it is, honestly, because, you know, you could have the number one seed in your region get upset the first round, and then you played a 16 seed the next game. So yeah. it all it all depends, man. Absolutely. Uh, but we're going to get in the NBA now. Uh, Namath, we're going to hop right into it. You are a huge Houston Rockets fan, and y'all have lost 12 straight games. 13. 13? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what, what's, what's going on, buddy? What, what, is, what is happening in Houston? So first off, I might be the biggest Houston Rockets fan in the state of Alabama. Like, let's just be real. I yeah. know I am around this area. And uh, started pulling for the Rockets specifically because of James Harden. So the first time I ever saw James Harden pick up a basketball was back in 2008, 2009 when he was you, playing. You watched him pick up a basketball? I watched him pick up the basketball <laughs> in March Madness against when uh, Arizona State was playing. And you're and, wearing uh, an Arizona State shirt right now? I am, actually. So <laughs> I'm a true James Harden fan, man. Like, people think. And so, you know, when he got on the Thunder, I wasn't really heavy in the NBA, you yeah. know. Um, and then he came to Houston. The I remember the first time I ever truly started, like, watching them hard, like, checking scores, was – we 
was playing in the playoffs against because my brother is a speed. He's a huge Rockets fan, so he was you know watching the playoff games every yeah. night, and that's when I really started playing. We were playing the Trailblazers, which was Damian Lillard and Lamarcus Aldridge, and uh, I was back in like seventh grade, sixth grade, something like that. And uh, Damian Lillard hit a buzzer beater and beat the Rockets in five or six. It was six. It was yeah. six. And so I started pulling for Houston then, and you know that was back in the. Lord, that was back in the Jones and Jeremy Lynn and, you know. and But, you know, I just pulled for them all these years. And last year, there was a rumor going around that I'd switched up because I got aggravated and bought. That was funny. I was the joke, and I bought some Grizzlies clothes to mess with, mess with my college friends. And they all, oh, you bandwagon jumps. committed to Well, that. here's the thing is. <laughs> you, you, bought a whole, you bought a whole jumpsuit. I did, but let me tell you something. People buy MLB hats all the time for teams they don't pull for. I know, but you bought a whole outfit. You wear a jazz jersey. Does that make you a jazz fan? I'm a Donovan Mitchell jersey fan. I did it specifically to mess with you guys. I'm not, but I, you know, truly, I was a Rockets fan. But it's been frustrating, more so that the losing in the playoffs the past year. But you know, I said I had actually said at the beginning of this year. I said if James Harden get traded, I'm going with James Harden. Yeah. But the way he went out really just. I didn't like it. It didn't sell well. It with you. Exactly, and I, I, so bad, I burned his jersey. Uh, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, thirteen straight, and you know, I went to Houston a few weeks ago and watched them play your favorite team, the Miami Heat. Yes, just sir. had an experience. You were with me. Triple um, double for Jimmy Butler. So I'm a huge fan, man. It was just a great experience. But I, you know, thirteen straight. Let's call it like it is. Christian Woods went down, and we haven't had any. We haven't been able to find any type of game defensively or offensively out of a big I mean we have nobody we you know release boogie which is stupid in my opinion um but so that, that doesn't help at all and then Victor's been you know up and down hurt you know PJ Tucker's been up and down you know Eric Gordon's been up and down so yeah we haven't been able to stay healthy are we a threat no but are we a 10 seed where we can get in a play-in game I mean yeah we're not I mean, I know the record doesn't show up, but, man, we got too many guys to be on a 13-game. You have John Wall and Victor Oladipo. There is no reason why you're on a 13-game losing streak. And so, yes, it does go back on Steven Silas. But, again, I think Steven Silas is a good coach, and I think he's going to sit down this break and figure it out. And, look, we got the toughest freaking schedule in the second half, but we're only six games out from the 10th seed. Do we have a legitimate threat to get in the plus? Probably not. We're probably going to tank, get a top three pick. I'm not complaining whatsoever. That's what y'all need to do. Go get freaking the guy in the G League that everybody's talking about. Green, right? So I believe I believe the Thunder. No wait, not Thunder. Timberwolves have seven wins. Who owns y'all's picks? The Thunder, right? Yes. I don't know, but we got a ton yes. of picks back. The Thunder. The Thunder owns y'all's pick this year if it's outside the top three. That's why I told you the other night you gotta get a top three pick if you're the Rockets because it's protected. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> get that top three pick, bro. Well, here's here's another thing though. If they get your pick this year, you have it next year. Yeah. But if they don't get your pick this year, they get your pick next year. Well, hey, let's let's hold out and get J.D. Davidson next year in the, in the lottery draft. <laughs> but, no, uh, and, you know, the thing with the Rockets is we have all – I mean, the style we play, we have all the potential. It's yeah. a lot like Nate Oates. And, um, you, have, but, you have two all-star players. It's just uh, – I don't understand. Players, John it, Wall and Victor Depot. You have shooters, Daniel, I ha- see Daniel House. Stop. <laughs> I want to see Michael Porter Jr. pulled up. The guy put yes. Harden on skates Me, last uh, year. Kevin Porter Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. I don't know why I said Michael. 
But people just hate on him because he went in the locker room in Cleveland and straight yeah. up said, Colin, you're a goat. Everybody else, you suck. And he, <laughs> they traded him. I mean, that's what he said. He legit. Well, I think, I think what happened was Jared Allen got traded there. They gave him his locker. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, and then they lost like four games. And he came in and said, Colin, you're a goat. Everybody else, you suck. I mean, he just told him straight up. And I'm sure he's going to walk in our locker room and say, John, you a goat. Everybody else, you suck. Because, that's, I mean, we suck right now, you know. I mean, yeah. you need a guy that's willing to step up and say, hey, we're playing like crap right now. And that's what the young kid did. And uh, John Walsh the other day, too. He got punished for it. Well, John Walsh about the Rockets the other day. Like he said, we're playing like poop right now. <laughs> I mean, and but him and Victor had a good game last night against Brooklyn. Put up 36 and 33. And this, we put up 114. I think that's most we put up in a while and still lost. So that sucked. And Steven said, you hate for your two guys to play like that and lose a game. But I think it's going to get interesting. We'll see what Houston does. We'll see how they... Respond in the second half. It's been tough, but where we end up in the draft, I personally think we're going to trade P.J. Tucker, but I don't think we're going to trade Victor Oladipo. You don't? I really don't. I, I don't. I see, I think know. I think it's going to be Victor Oladipo and uh and, and P.J. Together? Tucker. Yeah, in a in a package. It, and I, I've heard I've heard a lot about Miami too. It might, but I don't know. The thing is, Houston's going to probably want picks. They're yeah. not going to give Victor away for a second and third rounder you know i really think third rounder it's it's not it's not nfl i meant meant two second round picks and uh but so i I don't know i think houston feels like that and i may be wrong but i feel like they think that hey if we keep victor aladipo you know to the end of the year then he wants a four-year contract we can't offer him that right now he declined it, but we, we well we offered him the most we could offer him, yeah. which is not what he wants more than that. And so, our thing is, well, we can offer him that after the season's over. And so, I think Victor's going to be a little let down when free agency rolls around because I don't think he's as good as people think. He's not as good as he was. So people are not going to offer him a four-year crazy deal. That's just my opinion. But Houston, we're dumb enough to do that. So, but I think we're going to hold on to him. But I may be wrong. Regardless. You know, we need Christian Woods to get back. Christian Woods is, it's insane how good this kid has become since his time in Detroit. Yeah, I, I think he was, I think a lot of people knew it. Some people were scared of it, like to offer them him that much money. But, you know, I, I felt like he was in the wrong system in Detroit and he wasn't able to actually fully play to his potential in, uh, with the Pistons. And you see that with a lot of guys too. I mean, uh, Detroit's not the best place to play basketball right now, if we're being honest. But, you know, Christian Wood, the Rockets took a chance on him. They honestly got him from the, for a steal. I mean, how much are y'all paying him? Like It's like, what, 17 mil a year? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, that's he was going to be an all-star this year if he didn't get hurt. I know. Yeah, he was, he was going to be an all-star for sure. I mean, the way he was playing, you just hate to see it for the young guy like that. Yeah, and... At the same time, we're talking about the Rockets, like you know, like potentially getting into that ten seed, it is so tough right now in the uh, in the West because you have you have ten teams above five hundred, and right now the Warriors sitting in ninth place in the West, they would be the four seed in the East. That's how good the West is. It's, it's just crazy right now, and I want to talk about the Spurs. Uh, this opens the discussion, Craig, on if you should get rid of the West and East. And just do top sixteen seeds. You know that discussion comes up every year. I think we might get into that just because 
we we I mean I, I'm not saying it's the same thing, but we have seen it with you know the All Star game. The All Star game they got lopsided with talent after you know Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. All that stuff happened. I think we might see that eventually happen. Um, now it is difficult because of travel because you might like. It, the, the main reason they talked about it like not happening was because what if you were to have Portland play Miami in the first round? That is completely opposite what sides of the Portland United States. And, what if Portland and Miami's playing in the championship? Well, that's different though. That's, that's not I was, first round. I was gonna say, what's well, different? It's the playoffs. It's the first round though. <laughs> they do it on a regular basis. They travel to these cities. I don't know. They, you, at, they stay at that out, point, they stay out there for three to four nights to play different teams. So. At that point, you might have to go back to the two three two format. I was gonna say, I guess I get what you're saying, where it's oh, go down there two, go down there, to, you know, top deal. But you know, I mean, hey, let the one seed host all the games. Screw it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's silly, but I ain't gonna say. I don't well. know, man. I don't, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I do see where that travel becomes an issue there, but um, then again, I don't know, man. I, I want to see it. You know, yeah. Or exp- you don't want to expand the playoffs because eight's a pretty good number right yeah. now. Yeah, I, I do. But. I do like the play-in though. I think the play-in's very. I mean, right now with COVID, it's tremendous. Like the way they have it set up. But I would like it honestly in the future, just because you know, right now Memphis and the Warriors are the ninth and tenth seeds right now. They are playoff teams in my opinion. That they they deserve to be in the playoffs. Um, and then you have another team like you know San Antonio. I also want to get into that. San Antonio. They are a very quiet team this year in the West. They're, however, they're sitting in sixth place right now with an 18-13 record. DeMar DeRozan's been playing fantastic. Uh, Greg Popovich, coach of the year candidate, in my opinion. It's just it's teams like that that make it you know difficult for these you know other teams like you know the Warriors and the Grizzlies that you you just feel like they should be making that playoff push this year. You know, Warriors missed a year last year with all the injuries. Memphis missed the playoffs last year after the you know collapse in the bubble. Also along with injuries with them. Do you see, you know, San Antonio holding on to that sixth spot where you don't? I mean. No, I, I just don't think San Antonio's. What was their strength schedule in the first half? I'm not sure. What was their strength schedule in the second half? Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, we beat them twice. Yeah. So I know two of their 13 losses are to the worst, one of the worst teams in the league in the Houston Rockets. So, um, but uh, I just don't. You just look at them, and I don't think they're as good as you know. I think the second half they'll they'll start kind of folding down a little bit. Gotcha. Folding down a little bit. Now speaking of our team in the East, that's or an our, like another team like the Spurs in the uh in the East, the New York Knicks, one of the best defensive teams in the league this year. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, great defensive coach from the Bulls, Timberwolves. Not really a shocker that they are a great defensive team, but is it a shocker to you that they're fourth in the East? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I you know, the Knicks have not been good the past few years. Yeah. And I know they added some guys, but to be 18 and 18, you know, right behind Boston, I think that's pretty solid and speaks on them. But I'm more impressed by Charlotte than I am New York, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, Charlotte has found an identity with Melbourne. I Ball. think getting D. Rose back in New York. Yeah. And Julius Randle, you know, the freshman they got, it's pretty, you know, I think they're going to make the playoffs. But Charlotte, the best thing they did was let LaMelo start because he deserves to start. For sure. I mean. Charlotte, Charlotte's scary. They have a pretty dangerous young core uh, with P.J. Washington, Terry Rozier, 
Malik Monk. Uh, they got Gordon Hayward this offseason. You still got Miles Bridges coming off the bench. Lamelo Ball was the best draft pick they could have gotten. They, I mean, they absolutely nailed it. And, and even, even Lamelo Ball is everything that people wanted uh, wanted to be. And even again, like you look down the list, Chicago right now they're in yeah. a, they're in a playing spot. Chicago's I mean, another team now. Like has looked not horrible. You know, I think the disappointment has obviously been Atlanta and Washington. Yeah. You know, in the East, that's been the disappointment is Atlanta and Washington. And then in West, obviously the disappointment. I mean, really, I only see one disappointment here, and it's Houston. You know, John. I, Wall, I think I think the Pelicans have been disappointed. Well, yeah, but John Wall and Victor are better than eleven and twenty-three. You know, and that's what I was saying. But, yeah. But Memphis, I guess. I mean, they're the ten seed, but I guess depending on who you ask, that could be disappointment because of what they were able to accomplish last year in the regular season. But and at the same time, you know, Memphis they're sixteen and fifteen, and you can say that all day long. You know, they're not. A disappointment. Same time, like you know, Miami. They're seventeen. Orlando's 18. probably disappointed right now. To be honest with you, this is a team that's got in that seven eight seed the past few years. Yeah, at the same time, like I don't see any change in Orlando right now. I mean, their rosters kind of all over the place. They have a lot of bigs. Uh, and people need to start putting some respect on my guy Anthony Davis. I don't know why I said my guy. He's not my guy, uh, but <laughs> Anthony Davis. Yeah. The Lakers are not a championship team without Anthony Davis. Preach it. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what L.A. fan hears this. You lose a seven-game series to the Clippers, to the Suns, and to the Jazz without Anthony Davis. Matter of fact, I'd take you over. I'd take Portland. And, you know, no, no, that's getting a little, a little too heavy. But you, you just don't do it. Ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're going to learn the hard way because it's going to be interesting to see how Anthony Davis comes back from this injury. Uh, injury. And the the calf strain, it's no joke with the Achilles tendon right there. Uh, we've seen with Kevin Durant come back too soon from his um, his injury a couple years ago. So, you know, Lakers fans, be ready because you might have to play the playoffs without Anthony Davis. I don't think, I don't think Anthony Davis will be back that long. Same time. It could be ugly if it comes if he comes back too early, which I think, you know, you're the Lakers. You know, you've fallen from the one seed to the four seed over the last month. But at the same time, you have LeBron James. You're still winning some games. You're still winning half your games at least. Uh, you've, you know, you're still in the four seed. You still have home court advantage right now in the playoffs. You still have a whole, a whole other half of the season to be played. I think the Lakers are still okay. They're still, you know... And a lot of people's opinion is the favorite to win it all. I'd probably pick them to win it all right now. Still, they have a great bench. They have LeBron and James, Anthony Davis, top top duo in the league. Uh, then you have also the trio in Brooklyn, obviously. I just think, you know, Anthony Davis is that backbone of that team. He's the defensive presence down low. He's a scorer when LeBron's not going. Uh, he was, honestly, you know, LeBron James was the finals MVP in that series, but... Anthony Davis played tremendous in that series. I mean, like, he played great defense on Bam. He, I mean, he, Jimmy Butler went off, but at the same time, like, you know, he was a defensive presence down low for Jay Crowder not going, uh, getting going. Uh, he still clogged the paint for, uh, you know, whoever drove in that series. So I, I think Anthony Davis is that backbone of the team, like, the, the heart and soul. Yeah, and honestly, Craig. I just don't think anybody can beat Brooklyn. 
don't. Not in a seven-game series. I know their defense is horrific, but, I mean, look, KD misses a game. Kyrie and James Harden. Kyrie misses a game. KD and James Harden. James Harden misses a game. KD and Kyrie, like, I just, their offense is just insane. I mean. Here's my thing with them. I just, in Utah, Kyrie. well, Utah's doing special. And this is no disrespect. I know you're a Donovan Mitchell fan and yeah. Jazz fans up there. But they remind me a lot like Denver. They're good in the regular season, but when the playoffs roll around, can they win a seven-game series against the Clippers or well, the they, Lakers? They've looked, or the, they look I don't think so. They've looked pretty rough as the late. I mean, they've collapsed a yeah. little bit so I, towards the end of the, end of the regular season. You know, well, first half. But, but with Kyrie Irving, he is – since he left Cleveland – He's played in one playoff series, or one playoffs, and that was in 2018 with uh, the Boston Celtics. They had, uh, no, that was 2019. 2019, they, uh, two years ago when they played the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, second round. Yes, he, you know, he's Kyrie Irving. He's gonna get his stats. Same time, I just don't think Kyrie Irving is that guy you know everyone thought he was in Cleveland because you know he played LeBron James he made some big shots won a lot of games for them at the same time who's not to say he's gonna take a mental checkout or break at the end of the season again like what if he clocks out again what if what if James Harden you know chokes again what if Kevin Durant gets injured again I mean there's there's no telling like this I think the Brooklyn Nets are just too dangerous of a team or too risky of a team to pick to win it all right now. Uh, they that's not even including the defensive problems they have. They're they're top bottom they're bottom five in the league in defense. So it's gonna be fun to watch the rest of the season, dude. Oh, it is. And yeah, it's, just, it's you know have they are they doing a bubble again? Have they said what they're doing playoff wise? No, they're they're doing home court. They're doing home court. Yeah. Well, who's gonna have fans and who's not? It's up to the teams. Well, I know Dallas can probably have fans again now. Most most teams are having fans right now. Now that again. Texas is okay, I hadn't yeah. seen because last I'd heard it was Atlanta, Houston, you know, Dallas, Utah, New Orleans. Well, Dallas hadn't. It's yet, it's mainly the Orleans, bigger. Utah. It's mainly the bigger. I mean, I know New York has fans again. Really, they must have just started. But L.A. doesn't. Golden State. I don't think any of the California teams do. Yeah. Um, well, if they did, I'd love to fly to L.A. and sometime this spring and <laughs> catch a Dodgers game and a Lakers game at the same time. That'd be, that'd be the dream, man. And that'd be a lot of money. <laughs> All right, before we go, I'm going to get your pick for uh, what's your Final Four right now for basketball. College? Yeah, college basketball. <laughs> college basketball. Yeah. Final Four. Mm. So I haven't even looked and seen the bracketology because you don't know who's going to end up it on It changes every day. What side? <laughs> But my final four right now is uh just just not even like looking at the bracket. Just who's your top four teams right now? Who can win it all? Or who who are your four favorite teams to make it to the final four? Gonzaga, Baylor, Gonzaga, Baylor. I don't know, man. Gonzaga, Baylor. <laughs> it's, it's it's uh I'm gonna say Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Villanova. Okay, pretty good picks. And we're way out, but NBA Finals preview, who you got right now? At the halfway point of the season, who's your two top teams you like? Brooklyn and the Lakers. Really? Yeah. Okay. Anthony Davis don't play, then Brooklyn and L.A. Clippers. Clippers. <laughs> yeah. But it's gotcha. going to be L.A. and Brooklyn. Gotcha, man. Well, 
Appreciate you coming on the podcast this week. Had a great talk with, me, with you, man. Uh, you sure we know college basketball, man. I appreciate you coming hey, on. Dude. Hey, man. Good talk, man. I've enjoyed it. And, hey, keep an eye on, uh, look, March Madness is about to be insane, man. Oh, yeah. Teams like uh, Wichita. Favorite time of the year. Teams like Wichita State or teams keep an eye on. For sure, man. Well, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, hope to have you on again soon. Until next time.